I'm Kim Singletary. And I'm Rich Collins with Biz New Orleans Magazine. Welcome to Biz Talks. Each week, we reach beyond the pages of Biz New Orleans Magazine to bring you in-depth conversations with members of the business community. From the names everyone knows to the ones destined to make their mark, we'll dive into the top issues, best practices, successes, and failures of every industry that calls Southeast Louisiana home. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast. Our guest today is Austin Sherman, co-founder of Big Easy Bucha, a New Orleans-based beverage maker that was purchased last week by the Latin American company Believe. Austin, congrats on the acquisition and welcome to the show. No, thanks for having me, Rich. We appreciate the time together. So you and your wife, Alexis Corman, founded Big Easy Bucha seven years ago to create, quote, healthy beverages spiked with New Orleans flavor, close quote. Your flagship products are different flavors of kombucha teas. For those who don't know, what is kombucha? How do you make it and what are its purported health benefits? Sure, yeah. So, you know, dating back to 2014, uh, I, had a, uh, I had, a, had a sugar mama of Alexis. She, she had a full-time great job as, as a journalist. I was wrapping up my bartending career here in New Orleans. I decided at 30 I was, I was, I was going to end uh, that, that grind on Bourbon Street. And, you know, to be honest, I was struggling to find a job locally. And so she, uh, one day I, I made some of my kombucha with my recipe and she enjoyed it. And she said, look, why don't you, why don't you get off the couch and stop watching 30 for 30 on ESPN and go peddle this stuff around town? <laughs> so I did, uh, <clears throat> case by case, I, I sold it. Uh, started off my first account, which was Seed, the vegan restaurant here locally. Right. Um, and, uh, and, and store by store built the business uh, to what it is uh, today, which we're in a few thousand stores, uh, sell a few million bottles of this stuff a year. Uh, and of course, we're thrilled to announce this, this new partnership with, with Believe, a forward-looking uh, BevTech company uh, based in Latin America. And so, you know, we, we were innovators, I would say by, by nature, we, we were very, we're two very creative people. We cut our, cut our, our teeth in the beverage business with kombucha, which is a, a sparkling probiotic tea. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm excited to share that we have added functional juice shots to the portfolio. And then What's most exciting is a new probiotic and prebiotic beverage called Tapache. And Tapache uh, has Mexican roots. It was, it was the, the, the drink itself was, has, uh, has a uh, Mexican heritage. And we formulated our, our own authentic version and believe has the intention to ship that product uh, worldwide. Well, fantastic. And I, I was talking with you before we went live uh, about how one of your colleagues brought some of your products to, uh, to my location before we did this interview so I could taste it. And I tasted three different um, kombucha teas. They were all delicious. But can you explain to me and to the listeners, what did I drink? What is that? How do you make it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so kombucha is, is, uh, is effectively, simply put, fermented sweet tea. So you make a sweet tea just like you would you know, uh, sitting on, on your porch on a hot summer day uh, here in New Orleans, you introduce a culture of bacteria and yeast. Uh, that bacteria and yeast assimilate 
or digest or eat the uh, the sugar and the tannins in in the sweet tea. And in exchange, you get a, a, a dose of probiotics. It's sort of a, a slightly sweet, slightly sour, effervescent beverage that's good for your for your gut. Good for the probiotics have have uh, just a, a plethora of health and wellness benefits. Uh, you know, we knew in New Orleans, hey, like we, this kombucha is for the morning and booze at night. <laughs> we had to <laughs> we had to come up with something to you know as a cure all, right, for for the morning, and it, it did pretty good. Yeah, I'd read in one of your marketing materials that kombucha can be a, a hangover remedy potentially. Potentially, you know, we've we've not yet formally validated that claim. So I'll, <laughs> I'll speak from I'll speak from personal experience as an entrepreneur looking to cut stress. That at times I I, I visited you know friends' bars and may have overstayed my welcome, and <laughs> uh, the next morning consumed some kombucha and felt a little better. So yeah. I got you. And uh, one more technical question. Uh, can you explain probiotic and prebiotic? What's the difference and what, what is that about? Sure. Yeah. Prebiotic is essentially the fuel. Okay. So uh, prebiotic uh, are, is derived from, can be, can be derived from various plant fibers. Um, our specifically for tapache is, is, comes from the agave plant. And so it's, it's plant fiber and, and so healthy bacteria and yeast digest a prebiotic or plant fiber. And so as those strains pass through into the intestinal tract, they have a source to help them proliferate, right? Like people will say, well, how many billions of CFUs does your, your products have? And it's not really that important. What's mo most important is you know the strains and then what happens when they get into the gut do they do they grow right and then provide a benefit understood i have a question i i interviewed someone who was selling um, at-home brewing kits to make your own wine over the pandemic and they were talking about introducing yeast uh, to, to different sweet liquids to you know to create this wine or cider why doesn't the process that you do create uh, alcohol Mm -hmm. Was that the bruisey folks? Yeah. <laughs> I think he's like right next door to me. Oh, is that right? <laughs> we're, yeah, we're in, we're in the, uh, the shop uh, uh, working today. So yeah, I think I passed them uh, today. I, I, I think they have a great business. And I'm really excited to see an innovative product like bruisey and the two sharp folks that, are, that have founded that business uh, get that off, off and running. I think it's really interesting. Um, so, so there is such thing as alcoholic kombucha that does exist. Uh, we, um, and, and there are brands that make alcoholic okay. kombucha. Um, it's a matter of, of aerobic uh, versus anaerobic fermentation. So exposed to air or not exposed to air. If, if we were to, we, we ferment our product in an aerobic environment. So open, open to the, to the air uh, covered. Uh, with with uh, filtration, but if we were to uh, to ferment our product like the beer guys do, then yes, we could make an alcoholic fermentation. I got you. So it's um, the process. It's a it's a it's a process, correct? It's the science. Okay, so I do want to start talking about the history of how you got from you know getting off your couch to selling millions of bottles, and I want to talk about the acquisition. But just more context, real quick. I was looking you know, on, online to get ready to talk to you. And I saw that, you know, kombucha is an ancient uh, 
product or tech or, or uh, yep. beverage. Yep, it's been around, around for a long time. Yep. But it looks like here, based on this market research, that the kombucha market grew from about a million dollars in 2014 to about $2 billion in 2020, and it's supposed to keep growing. Uh, why is that happening? Why now? Yeah, I don't know. You know, it's, first of all, I think it's these these studies are fascinating. The number changes, you know, depending on who you who you talk to and who who's who's spitting out these reports. But the the category itself, kombucha, uh, really did explode during that time period. And I think it's a nexus of a few different things that are happening from a macro level. One, you have people that are interested in better for you options. So as they're saying, okay, I, I, I drink sugary sodas, maybe I shouldn't, um, maybe let me look at an alternative, right? So that, that's one area of, 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 you know, of a category that's shrinking and then people still drink a certain amount of liquid every single day. So they replace it with a better oh. for you option, right? Kombucha. Um, and it's bubbly and it's effervescent and it kind of gives you that bite that, that soda does um, and gives you some function. And then probiotics, there's, an increased level of awareness, I would say in the last decade, in the efficacy and the benefits of probiotics. The FDA says probiotics are something that provides benefit to the host. And you know, probiotics uh, have, have been, you know, study, a lot of studies have shown that it provides a, a numerous benefits. Um, and there's a lot more science that's going to come out you know, in the very near future. Um, and at the same time, you have doctors that are that are now uh, now being incentivized to pre prescribe uh, antibiotics less frequently than they have in the past. You know, growing up in the 80s, it's like, oh, you got a headache, here's anti-inflammatory steroids and antibiotics, right? You got a cut and laceration and an infection, <laughs> here's, you know, anti-inflammatory steroids and, and antibiotics, right? Now doctors are saying, okay, maybe that's not the cure-all, right? Let's 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 focus on, you know, let's blend a little bit of East Eastern medicine with a little bit of Western medicine, and so I think you're seeing just just a lot of these factors, you know, shaping up to increase the 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 frequency and duration in which consumers vote with their wallet and purchase, you know, healthy, better for you probiotic beverages like kombucha. Understood. Okay, so can you talk to me about how you went from the early days, the initial idea, through the you know startup phase into your current facility in Girttown, I think it is, where you where you're manufacturing all this all the product. Give me like the three minute version of how this worked out over the last seven years. Man, man, a lot of sleepless nights and <laughs> a healthy dose of unnecessary optimism. <laughs> um, you know, uh, it's, it's, I think it's, it's interesting. I, I talk to a lot of entrepreneurs. My passion is people. My passion is mentorship and having gone through, um, you know, a lot of ups and downs and, and, and a lot of downs that are, that are, uh, I think, you know, many people wouldn't have survived just as people. I feel for entrepreneurs because the, whether you have a, a flower stand, right. That, that pops up. Uh, on uh, on the middle, you know, uh, on a busy street on a Sunday afternoon, or you have, uh, or you're lucid, you know, right, and and you get acquired by by a giant company. The pains are all real, right? And the growing pains, and making payroll, and trying to figure out how to grow, but do it smartly. Do I raise money? Do I not? Do I bootstrap? Do I get debt? 
you know, how do I grow? Do I grow too fast or too slow? There's no perfect answer. Um, and so for us, it was just an iterative process, right? Like every day we're just trying to figure out how do we, how we do, how do we prioritize our day? How do we prioritize our weeks, our months and our years to make sure that, that we're effective, right? And then that we grow, <clears throat> um, you know, there, there were some challenging times, right? There were some real times where we thought, you know, should we shut this thing down because it's just soaking up, you know, so much of our, of our time, right? Um, but we, it's all about people, right? At the end of the day, uh, I think my best talent is just understanding and recognizing talent, recruiting talent, motivating talent, keeping them excited and, and loving on them like people. I care about my people, you know, more than myself. Um, and that's, that's to the plant level employees. That's, that's the leadership. That's to investors. I really care about the people that have helped us build our dream. I have I could not have done this by myself and Alexis and I could not have done it by ourselves. We, we needed, we needed people. Um, and so in this opportunity to, to be acquired by believe and, and have growth capital and resources and, and, and access to smart people came along. We are like, whatever it takes, we've got to get this done. And, and we did fortunately. So uh, you started off on your own, just small batches. Then it, I think you ended up using uh, or took advantage of some of the programs and organizations in town to help startups. Uh, you want to talk about some of the some of the people that helped you guys uh, grow? Yeah, no, I mean, there's the list is long, to be honest. And you know, some people helped us out for a day. Some people helped us out for the entire eight years. Uh, Matt Miller, our corporate attorney, I was green as grass 2014 and I won a pitch competition. Uh, and two of the things that, that startups need desperately good legal and, and good financial advice, but can't afford, you know, and he, uh, I won a pitch competition and, and he and his law firm generously donated a year's worth of, of legal advice. Wow. He stayed with us. Uh, through the entire process, in fact, was a big reason why we were able to sell this business um, with his his guidance and his expertise and his generosity. Uh, I can't say enough good things about Matt Miller. Uh, obviously, my wife, my family, my mom, I would call her at times uh, and say, hey, I got this big order. I can't pay anybody. Can you fly into town and come drive a forklift for a week. And she would, and I taught her how to drive a forklift and she helped bottle stuff. My sister, my brother, my dad, my stepmom. Uh, it really did take a village. Uh, Corey Fauché at, at St. Charles Parish was, was, was paramount in our early days. They, they controlled and owned and managed our first real uh, commercial facility. Um, our investors, uh, Bay Patel, Bill Karens, Edgar Cooper, there's several others that, that took big bets on us and helped us get through some challenging times. Um, and there's just so many more. I, I, it, it's hard to name them all at some point. I'm going to collect, you know, a lot of names and, 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 and blast it out on LinkedIn. Um, but it really does take a village. And, and at any point, this, 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 you know, this outcome uh, you know, could have gone away. And without any of those players that I mentioned and several others, uh, you know, this deal would have died for sure. So what's the history of your facility that you're in right now? Did you, did you purchase equipment and build out this facility yourself with, with uh, investors or how did, how did that come to be? 
Yeah, so <clears throat> the existing facility, uh, a company called Good Eggs was in this facility before. Uh, they left and I think after six months or 12 months and left uh, a substantial amount of tenant improvement behind, some refrigeration, some drainage, uh, sinks, offices, things that I just, I didn't, I, you know, I, I, I could not, um, I could not afford. And so, you know, piece by piece, whether by debt or some cash uh, or a little bit of, of, of raising money, we built out, you know, built out the facility as we needed it. Um, you know, I'll never forget when we went from like a run rate of like 300,000 to like 2 million in a matter of like two months. And we were building boxes for like 90 days, you know, and I'm like, okay, if this business is going to grow, I need, I need a box maker. Right. <laughs> so I re reached out like what makes boxes. Right. Uh, and, and, uh, was able to finance that and then paid off that loan. And just by one, one piece at a time, you know we just figured out what we needed and we hacked it together. And a couple of times we, we, you know, took the duct tape method. Uh, we needed some conveyors and I found some conveyors that went up for auction at a defunct Campbell soup plant. Probably, they probably spent a hundred thousand dollars on these conveyors. I think I spent like 500 bucks, you know, uh, <laughs> getting them in. So, so at times like, you know, we just kind of hacked stuff together where we could, cause we didn't have, you know, we, we, we were never, I would say well or overfunded. Um, and so a lot of times we just needed to figure it out and grind it, grind it out. Is there some important marquee piece of machinery that you use to, to, to ferment and bottle everything? That's what I was curious to see. What does it look like? Yeah. Well, I, you know, it's, um, if you looked at this facility, you would say, okay, it doesn't look too di dissimilar from like a beer brewery, right? From like okay. urban South or okay. outside of a, a couple little tanks. Um, you know, I think, I think the, you know, the marquee piece, piece of equipment for me, what changed the game was our filler. Um, that thing's like, I mean, I don't know. I think it's probably worth like a million bucks. Uh, and I could sit there and watch this thing fill <laughs> all day, every day. You know, some people are like obsessed with watching their washing machines, run, right? You know, right. I mean, I'm one of those weirdos, but <laughs> I can watch, I can watch watch this amazing piece of machinery just spin all day long you know and it's it's just fascinating that humans can build a machine that look and look like this and can build you know fill you know millions and millions and millions of bottles in a year it's just it's really cool that was probably my my, my proudest moment was getting that thing in did you buy that new or how did you get the filler was that a duct tape situation yeah. No, no, I, that was not a duct tape situation. That, that was, you know, raised some money. We raised a little bit of money uh, and then got a little bit of debt and, uh, and got that installed. I knew at the heart of, the, heart of the, the beverage plant is a great filler. And it's where efficiency comes from, which helps the bottom line. That's where growth comes from because you can spin up orders quickly. Um, and so that, that, was, that was brand new. Uh, out of a company called Fog Filler based out of Holland, Michigan. And they trucked this thing in. We had to like get a crane to bring in. It was like 25,000 pounds. This thing was like, just, wow. It was an amazing piece of machinery. And so that was a proud moment, I think, for me. Just, I always kind of thought I was like, kind of like a, I don't know, maybe like a backwoods engineer. My, my great grandpa was a moonshiner, <laughs> moonshiner in North Carolina. And I'm thinking, I'm channeling some of the, those roots, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> building out this plant. Uh, so before but, you uh, had that filler, how, how, how were you bottling everything? 
How are you? Man, doing? we had like we had like a I I call it like a conveyor with straws, you know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it wasn't. I mean, it was you know it wasn't cheap, but it wasn't it wasn't great, you know. So we kind of skipped a couple steps when we went from the conveyor with straws to the fog filler. Got it. Got it. And it seems like it's a chicken and egg scenario because you know you can't get you know say you get a a huge order, but you can't bottle everything fast enough to deliver it or you know, you get all this equipment, you don't have the order, then you have the debt. It seems like it's hard to balance and know when to make that move. I mean, I guess that's like you're talking about. There's, there's a million decisions and you don't, you just have to do the best. It, it, you know, it's like finger in the wind. All right, make a decision. We're going for it. Okay. You know, I, I hope this works out. No, ex exactly. And you know, that, that's a challenge with, with a lot of food and beverage brands. You know, at the time when we started the business, there, was, there, there, there were no such thing as a kombucha co-packer, right? So we couldn't go find a facility that was already efficient. Um, it was brand new. And, and so now, you know, we're doing some contract manufacturing for some customers. And okay. we're kind of getting into that, which helps pay for the overhead. Uh, and there are other kombucha specific or, you know, folks that understand how to make this product. They, they exist now. Um, but we kind of had to just figure it out. Right. You know, what, Not in New Orleans. Was. though. There's no one else doing this in New Orleans. No, that's correct. Okay. Uh, all right. So just real quick, t tell us where you're available. You say you make, what, two, a couple of million bottles a year now. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. We, we uh, you know, so we're available in public supermarkets. Uh, Rouse's, Whole Foods, select Whole Foods, uh, Sprouts, Farmer's Markets. We're in Erewhon in California, uh, Ralph's in California, Wegmans. Uh, at times, we're in Costco on rotation. Times you can find it there. Uh, Bromart's, Langenstein's, uh, you know, Fresh Market. So those are a couple of our retailers. Yep. Is it heavy in the Southeast in this New Orleans area and then lots of pockets or is it pretty much nationwide at this point? It's, it's in about half the country and I would project that we'll have full coverage within the next 24 months. That's amazing. That's great. Um, all right. So can you just give us, uh, just give us the timeline? How did this deal come together with Believe? When did, when did it hit your radar and was there doubt? Were you not sure? And was it a last minute decision? Or were you like, oh, this is great. I'm going to do it. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we were introduced uh, by, by uh, I would say, one of, one of the best minds in CPG and consumer packaged goods uh, to believe uh, late last year. And, and for me, it was love at first sight. The, the, the cultural fit was, was, was so perfect. Um, I hurled my thing, myself at this thing. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I'm pretty sure I, Alexis didn't have one foot out the door. I think she had both feet out the door and I was holding her under her shirt, you know, not, not, not letting her walk out the door because she's like, you're spending so much time trying to get this deal closed. Um, and I just knew, I just knew that, that beyond that stress of due diligence, you know, which was about a year uh, of full time, uh, I, I knew that great things could happen, not only with the brand, but her and I personally, for our employees, for our team, for our people, uh, you know, Believe is such a, such an amazing company. They want to grow like crazy in the U.S. We're their first, you know, majority acquisition and, and Alexis and I are partners uh, moving forward, going to, to, to be playing uh, uh, key roles in the company. And so for us, it's, it's like, a, 
it's like two artists that are now funded and have a place to live and now can just focus on creating art, right? That's how we feel. And, you know, not only creating the art, but being able to, to ship and sell it all over the country and all over the world. And that's what Believe brings. Um, they bring expertise. You know, I, I work with some of the brightest minds uh, I've ever met with their team. They have 16,000 employees and wow. they have uh, generously given us um, many of them to help us and and they're humble these are the most humble people i've ever met in my life it's like you kind of got to figure out if it's real and after a year it, i figured out it's real these, these are just amazing people and they they have we share the same value system we work hard we play hard we have a lot of fun we dance in the street and we did a second line together with our ceo <laughs> <laughs> i was like we're goofy we don't take ourselves seriously and we want to win and we, we create great great tasting products it's a match made in heaven well, oh, congratulations. A um, uh, couple more questions. You mentioned, uh, or various people have mentioned that this, this is going to produce, say, 50 new jobs in New Orleans. What, what types of things need to get done? Is it people in the plant or is it other things? Yeah, it's people in the plant. Uh, we're going to be hiring back office uh, talent. So we're looking for, for the best and brightest and the hungriest. You know, please reach out to me. Um, my, my email is austin at bigeasybucha.com. Email me. We're looking, for, we're looking to rec recruit some dynamic people to join our team and join this vision. Uh, whether it's in sales, uh, field marketing, marketing, uh, finance, uh, the plant, plant leadership. You know, they have other plants as well, uh, all across the, all across the world. So we're looking to hire, you know, dynamic and smart, hungry people to join, join, join this, this, this team. And, you know, you just think about, Last week, you know, just small economic impacts that I don't often consider, but last week, you know, 20 people flew in from their team. Uh, that's, that's, you know, five nights of 20 people eating dinner, tipping, hotels, travel, you know, uh, there's, there's other economic impact that happens when, you know, they're going to be sending hundreds of people here at a regular cadence all the time to help, you know, build the business and, and see it grow and offer expertise and mentorship and guidance and consulting to our core team and we're going to build around around the team that we have so it's exciting times it's a huge win for new orleans and a huge win for louisiana and i know that we're not the last acquisition that believe is is, is going to to accomplish so you know if there's other other folks out there that that have great ideas and are passionate and and, and want to talk hit me up Nice. Yeah. And obviously, yeah, the context here is that the economic development people in New Orleans, whether it's NOLA BA or Chino Inc. or LED, people couldn't be more excited for this to happen in the wake of all these big tech acquisitions. It's just been one after another. So it's been such a nice dose of um, good news, you know, especially after the pandemic and the busy storm season. So it's just it is it's great news. And I think it's much needed. Um, my last question for you, as you think about everything that this city's been through, and I know you guys are adopted New Orleanians now, you've been here almost, a, is it a decade? Yep, yep, about a decade. You know, so you've seen everything, you know, you've seen the, the highs and lows, and obviously the, the tough last two years where New Orleans hasn't been able to be New Orleans. And, um, you know, as you look at the landscape here, what makes you worried about the economy here? And then also, what, what makes you optimistic? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, legit, I mean, it's a great question. I'm worried about infrastructure. I think it's encouraging the, that the levy system held up as it did. It's a testament to the engineering that transpired 
post Katrina. Uh, I'm worried about the equality. Uh, here in New Orleans, I, I've, I have never lived somewhere that has such a, a, a gap between, between the, the haves and the has nots. Um, and so, you know, I, I worry about, I worry about the growth we're looking at, we're losing smart minds every day. I think folks just struggle with, with, you know, with the basic infrastructure issues that we face. And, and so I think as a city, we need to really evaluate who is our talent pool naturally. Right. I, look, look, I think, I mean, I, I, I spent some time with, with, with Patrick at Lucid. What, what they did and accomplished is nothing short of unbelievable. Uh, what the DXC guys have accomplished is nothing short of, of incredible. But uh, I'll say this, when the pandemic hit, where were those, where were those folks uh, during the pandemic? A lot of them, I, I, I assume, were working remote, whether that was here in town or elsewhere, right? Because a lot of those job functions can 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 be accomplished uh, remote. Uh, my plant, you can't bottle product remote, right? And I'm not saying that e either is bad. We need to grow both, but we have culinary talent here in New Orleans, and 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 I talk to folks all the time that are in hospitality, and they want to eventually graduate from behind the bar or serving, or in you know in the grind of a restaurant scene. We have amazing culinary talent here. We need to pour money, time, training uh, into not only our entrepreneurial system, but also into the food and beverage economy for mass manufacturing, mass sale, mass market, mass mass marketing. So, you know, I think that's the solution, right? Is is focus on what we're good at. What's our core competency? Uh, and then pour more resources and time and energy and effort into those into those core, those those core skill sets, if that makes sense. Absolutely, useful thoughts and obviously hard won wisdom for you after what you've been through over the last seven years. So, Austin Sherman, thanks for taking the time to talk about the big acquisition. And again, congratulations. Awesome, thanks, Red. Appreciate you having me on the show. Thanks for listening to another episode of Biz Talks. If you like what you hear each week, don't forget to rate us and leave a comment wherever you listen to your podcasts. And follow us on social media at Biz New Orleans. For more information or to contact us, please visit bizneworleans.com slash biztalks.